Hello, this is William Sink, and this is the Chris Beginning Open Forum. It is Monday, May 23rd, 2011. Thank you for coming this evening. I, I, I hate to beat a dead horse. I, I really do. I can't, um... I, I can't help it, though. I had a phone call the other day. And, and I'm going to, um, I'm going to give an inch, right? I had a phone call. Let me just call this person that called a mediator. And, and the mediator told me that Eli James was really bothered by my Zogbots.org site. Yes, that site is mine. It shouldn't be really a secret. And, and um, well, well, I think that's tough anyway. But, but no, let, let me say that, um, He's upset, and he's using the excuse that his real name's on the site. His real name's Joseph November, right? Eli James Publishing Company is registered to Joseph November. It's public notice. It's on the Internet. It should never, it, it should not be a secret. Well, well Eli had um, 
requested that I take his real name off my site. He also mentioned something about a lawyer. I'm saying all this because I'm a transparent guy. I don't believe in secrets. I don't believe in backroom smoky deals. I don't believe in in, in um, keeping anything from anybody. I believe in being transparent. I, I believe in, uh, I, I mean, I think everybody that here that, that is here cares, so, so they have a right to know. That's the way it is. Well, well Eli threatened to... Um, to, to um, <laughs> contact a lawyer that I take his name, his real name, off my Zogbots.org site. And, um, and I, I, I told the mediator that if Eli, if I get one letter from a lawyer, it goes on the front page of Christogeny.org immediately, and it stays there. So, so everybody will know. And, and um, that, that's just the way it is, and, and that's the way I am. I don't take threats. The... Um, Especially when it comes to threats over what's public information and what's what and and what should be public information. But I'm going to um, I'm going to show that I'm reasonable anyway, and I'm going to take Eli's real name off the site this week. But I'm leaving the pages up there with the Eli James name there, and I'm leaving the pages up there. And and I I told the mediator that it was three conditions under which I would take the the pages down as soon as the three conditions are met, and, and that's that Eli first apologized for calling me a troll on his Saturday and Sunday radio programs, accusing me of trolling his forum, which he should know was a damn lie. The trolls have besieged us for a year now, and, and it's most of the trolls are Martin Lindstedt and some of his buddies. Second, he has to... Um, make a retraction of his support for Jordan Maxwell, the anti-Christ New Age son of a bitch that he supported in an email recently and promoted in an email recently. He has to make a retraction of that and, and apologize for it. And third, he has to admit that he was wrong for, for going and preaching the gospel to Negroes and making us all look like idiots. Or, or at least may, maybe that's what his intent is. But other than that, the, it, outside of that, the Zogbot pages, well, they're going to stay there, and, and they're probably going to grow. And, and I put a page, uh, I put a small article on um, the front page of Christogenia this week concerning date setters. But we had another date setter, Harold Camping, come and go. Let me say that Harold Camping is a Jew. These people come into Christianity, and they bring all kinds of bullshit into Christianity, like Jordan Maxwell, and, and, and date setters, that they, they want to set dates, and, and the only ends to their means is that Christianity as a whole is discredited. Yeah, you know, Jesus Christ said, no man knows the day, and clowns that set dates like Mr. 2012 and, and like Harold Camping, they're basically telling Jesus Christ, oh, you're wrong. We can know today. That's what they're doing. That's anti-Christian. That's anti-Christ. If you, if you are going to deny the scripture outright, you may as well be a Jew. I don't care what your genes are. How could you do that and claim to be a Christian? It, it's absolutely absurd. And it discredits us. 
How could we talk to people about this message if their idea of Christians are idiots that set dates for the, for the end of the world that never gets here? How, how could we do that? that? That's just incredible. It's repulsive, it's disgusting, and it's antichrist. And I think anybody that cares about Christian identity should probably tell Eli James that. And, and tell him to also retract his damn 2012 articles on his website. Because it's ridiculous. And, and it discredits us. Well, what are we going to do December 20, January 1st, 2013? How do we explain to people, oh, we set another date, but it didn't happen? What kind of faith is that? It's not Christian. So what kind of belief is it? It's just garbage. It, it's just purposely discrediting us. So, so that's my opinion on that. And, and it doesn't give, you know, there's no room for this. There's no room whatsoever. It, it's, I'm guilty in the past of not being strong enough, uh, um, vocal enough about it myself, even though I have spoke to Eli many times in private on it, and, and he never repented. And in fact, he even admitted sticking his neck out at one time, but, but that didn't mean he changed his, his um, verbiage on his website. He still pushes it. He still pushes it in emails. It, it's absurd, and it discredits us. It's absolutely antichrist, period. If you're setting a date for the end of the world, you're antichrist. There's no doubt about it. Jesus Christ said, no man knows the day, period. There's no getting around that. He didn't leave any wiggle room. Okay, that's enough of that. And, and I'm sorry that you have to hear all that, but I'm not going to, um, you, you know, I believe in being transparent, and that's the end of it. And, and I'm transparent. And, and when something happens in my life that affects me and affects the work that I do, I'm going to share it, period. I went to Philadelphia last week. I'm about to write an article. I really wanted to get to it today, and I had all kinds of technical setbacks today with silly stuff that, that didn't want to work, including my Windows computer crashing and, and, and one of my websites um, be, becoming dysfunctional. It, it's nothing serious and major, but it's enough to, um, to, to waste most of the day, right? Well, well I, I was going to write an article called Philadelphia today. And, and that's probably what it should be called. And, and I, I spoke about this briefly on Thursday. And, and yet, you know, Philadelphia, if you really, and, and I was there last week with, with um, Bob and PA here, and, well, well, Philadelphia is in PA, right? I, I, was here, I was there last week at Bob's house, and, and we made two day trips to Philadelphia. And, and if you look at what's going on there objectively, First, there's a large Chinese population there, an, an extremely large Chinese population, and, and the Chinese idols are up on certain streets, and, and it's everything that comes with the Chinatown is there. There's a lot of race mixing going on between whites and Orientals, whites and Asians, whites and, uh, I guess, Chinese people from Chinatown, and, and it's women and men, and, and that was, um, that, that surprised me. I saw a lot more race mixing between whites and Asians as I did between whites and Negroes. There were, there were only, I mean, two days in Philly, a bus tour of the city where we hit several museums and other points of interest, and we saw a few 
race mixed white, you know, white Negro couples, but only a few, and and we saw a a, a much greater number of white Asian couples. That now, um, when you walk into and and one of the first places I wanted to go was the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, of course, everybody who knows me knows that my first um, interest is uh, outside of the Bible, of course. It is history and archaeology. So, so uh, I found that the University of Pennsylvania was right there, and, and we had to go there. So, so we went to the UPenn, to the Museum of Archaeology. And the largest hall in the museum is devoted to idols and relics from China. Uh, I mean, why wouldn't it be? They've taken over half of the city. They're taking our, our young men and women for for, for spouses, and, and they're, they're basically moving in. And it's it's so, so the first hall was, was devoted to, to relics from China, and, and it was filled with Chinese people ogling the, the, their own, um, well, well, perhaps it's not exactly theirs, ogling their own distant past, right? It's relics from the 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th, right through the 18th century. And and um, that's telling because the the white heritage of the city is decaying. And it seems to be that, that it's being replaced and history is being rewritten for something that's much more amenable to... The, the New World or the Jew World Order. It, it's multiculturalism and diversity. We went on a tour of Independence Hall. And, and let me talk about that first. But we went on this tour of Independence Hall and um, the tour guide. And, and I, I'm hoping, I'm praying that I could get back there in, in, in about four weeks so that I could record this. I want to record this tour guide. This is how bad it was. The, the tour guide stood there and told all, all, all these people that um, that Pennsylvania, William Penn founded Pennsylvania for religious freedom for Christians, Jews, and Muslims. And, and that's an outright lie. I mean, it, it's I proved what with citations, of course, what, with real documents on, on the 10-10-10 series of programs on the U.S. Constitution that I did with Eli last October. I proved that Pennsylvania was founded exclusive of all other religions except for Christianity. And many of the American colonies were. They excluded these other religions. Now, now the other day, Barack Obama, like he's anybody I know, but he, he, he stood in, in public and said that um, Israel is a Jewish state. Well, well, doesn't that make it a religious Jewish state? So, so it's okay for the Jews to have a Jewish state, but Christian history is being buried, and, and they're doing it successfully, and they're able to do it because of the ignorance of our own people. Yet, you know, it's not the wolf's fault when the wolf eats the sheep. It's the sheep's fault when all the sheep just stand around and the wolf starts picking them off and the sheep just stand there. Well, really, it's the shepherd's fault, right? But, but I mean, if the sheep don't pick up and move or defend themselves somehow against the wolf, and that's why we have lambs, well, well the, um, the sheep are going to get eaten and, and you can't really blame the wolf. But, but the rams, well, well, today most of the rams are in bed with each other, right? So they don't, they don't really care about the wolves or the sheep. And, and that's sad, but, but we have to remember that 
But when we see these things happen, the, the, the primary reason is our own sin. And we, we can see that this, that this really has effect in, in the world, and, and we should take note of it, and, and I think that we should point it out um, as much as we can. And, and I think it's everybody's duty here to, to do that and to post um, links online or, or to make comments to friends and relatives or, or whatever, but point it out as much as we can. That's what we're supposed to be. It is God's witnesses. Ye are my witnesses. That that comes first. And and we don't, you know, we have to find, um, well, we have to be discreet. I mean, we have to be as wise as serpents and as harmless as doves, right? What we can't, well, we have to find ways to state the truth and, and still be irreproachable, but, but to do it with, with wisdom. And, and if we had half the cunning that the Jews had, well, we'd be um, successful. <coughs> the, um, the, the University of Pennsylvania Archaeology Museum, I was really, really disappointed in because except for the Lucite shelving, it really has not been upgraded or improved probably in 70 years or 80 years. Where, on the other hand, there is a brand new large Jewish museum right across the street from, from the plaza that Independence Hall is in. And, and there are monuments to the Jews spread around the city that they're celebrating Jewish heritage, I guess. I, I don't know that they really have a heritage, but celebrating um, the, the history of uh, the false history of the Jews. False history. First, that they they love to point out this this this, this um, Hayyim Solomon that somehow he gave all of his uh, I don't know how much money all of his wealth to, to um, the American cause, and he was never paid back. Well, well, if Chaim Solomon gave all of his wealth to the American cause of the revolution, and he was never paid back, I, I want you to think about this one. What the Jews are really telling us is that we owe them everything. <laughs> if one Jew gave all his money to make the Americans win the revolution, and he was never paid back, we owe them the country. And, and if we let them carry on with this false history because it's patently false and, and, and it can't be proven, it, it's, it's an invention of recent times, if we let them get away with this, before you know it, we'll be just like Nazi Germany. We'll owe the Jews everything. But we'll, be give, we'll be paying them um, revolutionary war reparations because we never pay, repaid our debts to the Jewish bankers during the revolution. Now, that's basically, that, that's, it's veiled right now, and they're not making the statement, but I bet that's next. Well, once they put this Hayne Solomon lie over on the, the American people, and, and we'll owe them everything. And, and you can tell who's in charge in, in Philadelphia. I mean, there's a huge new art museum. It's a wing of, of, of an older Philadelphia museum, art museum. There's a huge new art museum. It's called the Kimmel wing of the art museum, and, and it's named after a Jew, 
and, and that's probably the, the newest museum in Philadelphia. And, and then there's this huge Jewish museum, a, a huge Jewish synagogue, which is, um, I, I don't know the entire history behind it, but it's right across the street from Independence Hall. It's a huge um, den of vipers, basically. And, and it's right, it happens to be right next to the Jewish um, museum. And, and they have, in, in, the, in the plaza of the synagogue, they have a monument to Entebbe. Now, now, what the hell that has to do with American history is beyond me. That they also have a big contorted sculpture. I have a, I, I have a couple of pictures of it. A big contorted sculpture in, on the main, one of the main avenues in Philadelphia. And it's the monument to the six million martyrs. Well, well there were never six million martyrs in Philadelphia, right? And, and it's, a, it's a gaggle of limbs and torsos and breasts. And, and it's, it, it looks like a Jewish orgy. The sculpture looks like a Jewish orgy. It's disgusting. It's an eyesore. And it's a monument to the six million martyrs of the, 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 the Holocaust, which is incredible. Like, like it ever happened in Philadelphia. Like, so, so it's, you know, you could look at Philadelphia and, and you could know that Chinese and Jews have totally taken over the city. And, and that's the that, that to me is a good reflection of our times. That, now, they're also elevating the Negro. They're giving the Negro an exacerbated role. And, and I say exacerbated, right? That's to make a bad thing worse. That's what that means. I'm not, I'm not using that word out of context. That they've given the Negro an exacerbated role in, in the revolution. It's bad that the Negro had, would have any role at all, right? Well, well now they've magnified that role. Well, which to me is an exacerbation of the situation. So, so um, yeah, yeah, that's a better word. Well, well, um, it's it's incredible. You can look at Philadelphia and you can know that the Jews and the Chinese that they've taken over the country. And 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 it's it's it. I mean, I know it's only Philly, but you can probably see this in in a lot of cities. But it certainly it is reflected in the economic situation that we are in. Philadelphia fully reflects the economic situation that this nation is in. And, and culturally, we're not far behind. Okay, if anybody wants to talk, I mean, any one of those topics or, or anything else, it, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't matter to me. I'll be posting some of my photos and, and some other stuff from my Philadelphia trip o over the next few days, and, and it'll be in an article called Philadelphia, because that's probably what we should call it. And, and that'll appear during this week on Christagenia. It, it'll be just my photos and, and a couple of comments, that's all, that, similar to what you've just heard. I hope we have some um, some input here because I, I really don't have a whole lot else to talk about. If, if anybody wants to say something, just request to talk, and, and I'll turn your microphone on. Hello, Robert. Hello. How are we doing tonight? Okay. I did think, you know, the other thing that was kind of interesting, not just the tour guide, but it seemed like most of the tours uh, were making the commentary on 
what happened in the past. They, they basically are fitting into their Hollywood acting roles uh, in these positions. There. Well, right, absolutely. And what I forgot to mention that you just reminded me about was the one tour guide who kept mentioning Negroes in the context of the Revolutionary War. And he also made a note of the little, and aside from, well, wherever you have Jews, you have fags, right? I mean, they're right behind every time. In fact, sometimes they're in front, sometimes they're behind. They, they swap back and forth. That, that's a pun, right? But I, it's on purpose. Um, what, 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 what really amazed me, and the tour guide didn't have to mention it, were the little rainbows they have on some of the street signs. And the little rainbows, the tour guide said, that means that you're in the gayborhood. And, and that's his own play on words for gay neighborhood. So, so we have a, what well, we have the Jewish museums and the Jewish art museums and the Jewish monuments, and then we have the Chinese neighborhood, and we have the gayborhood, well, which is pretty close by. That, that's just incredible that they would even um, accept deviancy as something normal enough to name a district after it. Why don't they just call it Gomorrah? That, that you have Sodom, the Chinese Chinatown, and then you have Gomorrah next door where the fags go. Well, you got a special treat, almost like Delaney when we went to uh, the pizza place Nero's, or Nino's, or whatever that place is. Uh, in the sense that on the double-decker bus, we had the Jew girl on top telling us about Philadelphia, and then on the original tour, when we started, uh, we had the old geezer with the young Eastern European wife, I'm assuming, which is and, and, and that's also indicative of the times. On, on, yeah. the, on one of the tour buses that we were on, there was a, a, a man that must have been close to 70 years old. He, he looked every bit of it. He had a big hook nose, looked like a big six. And, and um, he, he had a young woman that was definitely on his arm, and, and she couldn't have been older than 25. And, and she was... Um, she, she was... She, she was definitely, it didn't seem like she could speak a word of English. She was probably right off the boat from the Ukraine or Belarus or Czechoslovakia or one of those places. Uh, it, was, it was pretty definite. I mean, she was definitely not an American girl. She was, she's exactly the kind of girls I've seen over in Eastern European, uh, Eastern Europe. And... and it seems that most of the tourists were also Chinese. And they couldn't have been from Chinatown. That they couldn't have been from the Chinatown in Philadelphia. But there were there were hundreds and hundreds of Chinese tourists there. Yeah, that's pretty classic though. I, I've been in Philly before and there's been a lot of Chinese. The thing that shocked me is I've I've been on that Independence Hall tour before and there that's the first time I've heard such an incredible distortion of US history. Especially talking about a war that took place between Connecticut and Pennsylvania. Right, it was, it, and there was a, it was fantastic. Yeah, and and the fact that the, the Constitution was written uh, to free the slaves uh, and was for blacks and Jews. It was it was it was absolutely unbelievable. I'm hoping that you will get down here again before I leave uh, for California. 
just to record at least, if not that guy, we can try another person and see if they have the same story. I, I doubt it. That that was that fellow was definitely a uh, Jew. Well, well, we'll get two sets of tickets and we'll try to get the same guy. We'll have to do that. <laughs> well, we'll have to. It, it's it. It was incredible. I imagine. Uh, perform for us if I brought a video camera in there and told them that we're really interested in listening to his perspective on history. Well, well, I had a video camera with me that day in my pocket, but but I didn't realize, you know, when I, even after the first lie, uh, I didn't really realize that we were listening to something that had to be recorded because it would be so bad. Uh, I just didn't make that realization, or, or I could have recorded the whole thing on video camera. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking I need to go with a uh, a camera on my hat. <laughs> I, I was using a video camera as a still camera that weekend because it, it because it has a better zoom than my regular camera, and, and it's actually a little quicker. Well, which I, I was my, my um I was disappointed in my 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 Kodak camera because every time I needed it to be ready, it wasn't. <laughs> Well, um, yeah, yeah, the whole weekend it, it was terrible, but to me it's a, a perfect reflection of what's going on in our economy and in our nation culturally. Why wouldn't the Jews and the Chinese take over? We buy nothing but garbage made in China, and, and, and there's nothing made in America because we, we didn't support those companies when we had to. And, and we weren't vigilant about keeping our manufacturing here. We bought the Jewish lies about the service economy for the most part. All those investors, the, all those retirees that were investing heavily in IRAs in, in the 80s and 90s and, and flooded the financial markets awash with cash, well, all that cash went to Asia for investment over there. Very little of that money was invested here. And not in the manufacturing sector, at least. Not in any heavy industry. It was all invested over there. Well, the other little tidbit that you might want to point out here, too, I can point it out, is the fact that uh, in my area, I was just showing you the amount of new banks that have gone up over the last six months. So I think that uh, the money that uh, has been issued, that TARP money, is definitely going into building up the banking infrastructure for some reason. I don't know who they're going to loan money to. That there are a, there are an astounding number of new banks in in the in the Philadelphia suburbs. Yes. Yeah. Well, just in my area here, just 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 where I live, it's 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 it's, it's phenomenal. Within a within a less than a five mile radius of my house, there must have been ten banks that have gone up within the last six months. And they're still building new ones. Sister Yahweh says that banks and retail stores are also going up all over the place in the Dallas area. Uh, I don't know who's spending this money because most of the white people that I know don't have jobs. And, and they, 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 they don't have jobs or they're severely underemployed. Yeah, so I'm not really sure what's going on either. The other thing that's kind of astonishing is is the amount of blacks that seem to be migrating over into positions where I live now. This is, it was basically unheard of. There were, there were no blacks over here one year ago. There were zero in the um, restaurants. And now they seem to be 
are going. In fact, the one restaurant I took you to, the Greek restaurant, I flat out told the owner, I said, if this diversity gets much worse in here, I'm not coming back because I don't want to sit down in your close proximity restaurant with uh, people I don't want to be with. So I think he thought it was a joke, but it wasn't a joke. Right. You may as well bring them home and eat with them, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's just crazy. I went there because it was absolutely a 100% all-white restaurant run by this Greek guy, right? And um, I I don't go there to be in proximity with other people or other people I don't want to be with. I, I, you get enough of that. I, I get it bombarded on, on every damn time you turn the TV on. It's on the front page of of uh, Google and, and, and Yahoo and everything else. Why do, why do I need to have that when I'm eating? Because it makes you not even want to go out. Well, well, right. It, it, it's I, I I wouldn't um I wouldn't blame you. The steak place was okay though because I only saw one. I think I saw four Negroes in it, but but there were about four hundred people in it, so so that was um, <laughs> that that was more of what I would expect in in the suburbs, like in in an area like yours, right? Yeah, I went back for the special the other night, and there's plenty of diversity in there, so that's not even sacred place. In fact, the next time I probably won't go to a waitress. I'll probably just go to the bar again to have a steak because uh, too much of a probability of ending up with diversity as with the waitresses there. I'm turning my microphone down. I don't know if it has any effect or not. Somebody complained that my microphone was too loud. I can't tell because I'm, I'm talking to you, but maybe our volume is drastically different. Well, well, I hope somebody else has something to say because um, this is an open forum and we need participation to have open forums, right? I, I mean, what's the point? The, the um, yeah, I, I've got to admit, maybe the culture, part of the culture shock about Philadelphia is probably because of my um, absence from society for so long, right? But, but I couldn't. Um, I, I mean, I grew up in right across the water from Manhattan, and, and I can't believe that, um, you know, in Jersey City, which was one of the most multicultural places in the world, but I, I never imagined that Philadelphia would be like it was. And, and another thing I have to talk about is the um, the security at Independence Hall is incredible. That there's only one way in, there's only one way out, and, and you you have to pass through some sort of shakedown shack, like, like an like an airport checkpoint to get to get into the complex to get into Independence Hall, and, and they're like this little booth with five or six cops, and that they they don't really cavity search anybody, they they don't body search anybody, but they look everybody over, they check everybody's bags. If you have a lump in your pocket, they want to know what it is, and it's it's the furthest thing from independence and liberty that we could probably find. Uh, the best was the Jewish museum there where they basically were doing anal searches, it looked like. Yeah, right. The Jewish museum had, had stern signs up that you couldn't carry a bag in over so large and over certain measurements at all, and, and you had to subject yourself to, to – you had to be subject – you had to agree to be subject to 
being searched if they chose to do so. And, and it, yeah, yeah, the the signs at the Jewish Museum were ominous looking, and I wasn't going to go in there to um and and get searched to let them search me just so I could poke fun of some kites. I just wasn't gonna do it. It may have been interesting, but um, that maybe I could have made some some good um so, some good conversation just just to be a smartass. But but it wasn't worth the trip. It, it I I just couldn't see it being worth the effort. Well, well, that's it. Hopefully, we'll get back to Philadelphia in about three or four weeks, and I think it's actually three weeks. I still have your box of chargers here. I have to send you. I forgot. I went to the went to the post office today and forgot to put them in my car. <laughs> it was really smart. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know how the heck I left them there. So I'm bringing my own my own spark bar next time with everything plugged into it. That's so big I can't forget it. <laughs> that way, when I get there, I only have to plug in one thing, right? I don't know if this is a good topic, but it's a topic that I that I do find somewhat fascinating, and uh, it was one of the other radio programs I don't particularly want to promote. But the issue of the of um of marriage between a man and a woman only takes place you you've always stressed this it's always a, the physical and then you're married period yes marriage takes place in the bed period. the proof is the proof is right in genesis yeah. where i don't have any question about that but i'm just trying to get there's a point i want to get to this and I, I, and and, and so once once a virgin's been with a man, she is married to that man, period. Yes. Now, that doesn't uh, happen the other way around, though, the way I understand that, because a man can marry more than one woman. Yes, that's how polygamy was allowed in Scripture. Okay. Now, then the next thing here is, to, in today's reality, um, you have a situation where there's basically... I would say that you're probably have very few women that are that most of the women and most of the men and women now are just committing adultery. Yes, they all are. I would bet. I would bet ninety percent of them are. Yeah. The, the, so, so nearly the entire society. I guess that comes down to what you're talking about it's, it's an adulterous population. Yes. There's no so, doubt. So with, but that's because we've been deceived into thinking that marriage was on a piece of paper that the state could even take away, right? Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that to me is absurd anyhow. I, I, I haven't been in that, that phase for a very long time about getting permission from the state to, quote, be married. It, it, it always seems sort of ludicrous to me. However, where does that, where does that leave Israel in the sense that uh, if someone wants to, quote, have a wife, what are they supposed to do at this point? I mean, most of the women have been compromised. Way more women are compromised than men. In my, 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 in my, in my, gotta get into his opinion, but in my, uh, looking out there, I would have to say it goes that direction. Well, well, I, I would not be comfortable telling a young man that he can't marry unless he finds a virgin because I know that he's not going to find a virgin. Uh, I mean, I would have to explain to him the situation 
and, and I wouldn't want to rule over his face, as Paul put it. it it's um, yeah, you know, it's a very dismal situation. It, it's the noble thing is to try to find a woman that's a virgin, or, or at least a woman whose first husband is, is dead, right? Which would meet the requirements of the letter of the law, if not the spirit of law. But that's the noble thing is to find a woman that's a virgin and to marry her and keep her. But to find a woman that's a virgin of, of um, school age is a very, very difficult thing to do, right? And, and so, so do you tell that? That's a moral dilemma. Do you tell people not to get married at all? Well, you're not really getting married, right? Well, well, right. You're committing fornication, right? You're you're committing adultery. You're fornication. Yeah, right. Exactly. But I'd say that there's very few women that are actually going to co even college today that are not have not already been biblically married. Well, well, right. I'm sure that the vast majority of them have been. And and the men they have presently are not their husbands, as Christ told the woman at the well. So we see that in the ancient Samaritans, the morals were about the same that they are now, right? Christ told the woman, well, you've had five husbands, and the guy you're with now, he's not your husband. <laughs> so, so, how could she have five husbands? Is that to say that they all died? No, I, will, I believe that he was talking on her terms, right? On terms that she would understand. And she did understand him, and she said, I perceive that you are a prophet, right? He was talking to her on terms that she could understand. Yeah, so I mean, basically, you've, you've got two choices. If you're reasonably young, you've got to go for it. You've got to find some 10-year-old you can bring up, right? Or, or settle for, for, some, for somebody else's, you know, for a woman that somebody else just dumped. Right. Well, then that's not marriage. No, it's not. It's a state of perpetual adultery. Yes, it is. There's no doubt. We're all adulterers, right? So, I mean, yes. the other choice would be to find, I mean, as you said, but I, I guess you could also find a woman who's had a, a, a husband that died. <laughs> right, and that husband was her only lover. So, so there's, you know, we're basically back in the same situation. It's oh, impossible yeah. to find a woman. If the husband dies and then she sleeps with another man, then that man becomes her husband. Or, or if she just slept with ten men before she had a husband, right? That <laughs> died. Well, it would be the first man that she she slept with. Right. You know, that's a, that's a, that's another one that goes along with that, just basically saying that the gospel is a very difficult message. Yes, it is a very difficult message. I mean, you're not going to get you're not going to win any awards going to uh, a Judeo-Christian church and basically telling the whole congregation that they're a bunch of adulterous people. And they are, and that's the that's what we have to do, right? It is we have to accept our sin, both as individuals and as a nation, and recognize it and repent from it, and and, um, and, and know. The, the grace of God it is going to save us out of this mess that we've gotten ourselves in as a people. Okay, so what do you tell someone who's, quote, got this certificate of marriage and they have a bunch of white kids now, um, even though they're, they're 
they're now essentially committing adultery. Is this something, I mean, what, what's the situation there? To, to me, it's... Well, well, if the children are white, the children are okay, right? I mean, that's... Okay, but what about the parents? Do you, once they're recognized the situation, do they split? No, 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 because you, you know why? We don't add one sin on top of another. I had a scripture for that just last week, and, and I don't have it handy now. It's in the book of Sirach. It, it's, um, it's pretty good. But we don't add one sin on top of another. Okay? And, and right. if you're living with a woman that you married, say, five years ago, and, and whether or not she had kids from a prior marriage, it, it's immaterial, and, and you have children together, to, to put that woman out of your home now would be compounding the problem. You, you would be adding one sin on top of another. Well, do you continue to have sex with her, or do you stop having sex with her? Well, well what's done is done. I, I think that you would continue in your relationship and, and cherish each other and know that you have both sinned and, and, and understand that what you have done is, is not just in the eyes of God. But but it's once it's done, it's done, Robert. And, and there's no sense in, in um you can't undo it. But once you know, don't you stop committing adultery, or do you continue to commit adultery? Well, well, you're with her, right? I I, I don't see that you you're um that the adulterous act is is over with. I I don't see. I, I wouldn't tell you not to have sex with her anymore. No, I wouldn't do that. I, I think that that would be just um. Now, now you're punishing each other. You're punishing each other, rather than r rather than understanding that you've sinned and and um, putting your hope in, in in the grace of God. What you're doing is you're punishing each other now. So so I don't see a point in that. To me, I just kind of wonder about how you would get that scripturally. Well, well, the scripture just doesn't have everything in it. But but you know, Paul says that if if you uh, all right, Paul uses an, an example in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 where he says that if you um, desire to act unseemly towards your virgin, towards the woman of your youth, and that, then it's better to marry than to burn. It's better to marry than, than to, be, um, to, to be pestered by this desire in the flesh, right? And, and that's, I would, it, it's not a situation that there is scripture for, but it's, I would look at it much the same way. You've had children with the woman, and, and you've been with her for a few years, and then you come to the truth and realize it's an adulterous relationship. Well, well you don't end the relationship, because that woman's probably going to end up in another adulterous relationship. And, and you very well might at some point, too. Very few men can make themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. Very few men have the willpower to, and the desire to do that. But we have to face reality. So why compound an already bad situation? I don't see a reason to. And I would advise that those people stayed in their relationship and, and understood what sin had been committed. Yeah, it's not for me one way or another to say, but it is, I'm kind of curious, it, it, it seems kind of a bizarre situation. Well, well yeah, well, well, we're in a bizarre situation. 
Well, and we, we, as a race of people, have put ourselves into this bizarre situation. Oh, yeah. Because we've all followed after Satan. And, and we have to recognize that well, we're all adulterers. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, 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 if uh, I wanted to get married, it's an impossibility today. Virtually, oh, yes. Yeah. Well, well, I'm in the same position, so so um, glad to meet you. I mean, that's the way it is. But but I'm I'm not going to tell somebody that's already with a woman that that and and he may be your second or third or fourth or fifth husband. Well, well, you got to dump her because that that's a sinful relationship. That there's no point in that. You're compounding of an already bad situation. You're making it worse. What you have to do is you have to keep her and, and cherish her and realize that you've both sinned in the past and, and be grateful that our race, although we've sinned, we, we have the mercy of God. And, and don't take a bad situation and make it worse. That, that's, yeah, you know, that's why this was foreseen that we would all need his um, his favor in, in order to live. Because we're all worthy of that. This is something I, I vaguely knew from Scripture uh, to the extent of some other discussions we've had that haven't really been on this TeamSpeak thing. Um, that I knew enough to teach other people what to do. So they didn't end up in this bind, but I really didn't understand the scripture because it's never taught in Judeo Christianity. It well, well it's, it's not. It, it's not because they've ceded that authority to the state. That, that they've that the um the the marriage relationship is only supposed to be between a man and woman of the same race. And, and and it's a marriage relationship in the eyes of God. They agree to make a contract and get married. Uh, a man agrees with a woman's father. Well, well that authority has been taken away from the father to determine who his daughter is going to marry. And the church has, has taught that the state has that authority. The church has taught a lie, and, and they do to this day. By instructing people to go get marriage licenses, a ch you won't, you can't get married in in a church without a state marriage license. Isn't that a state-run religion? Isn't that a state-controlled religion? That's ridiculous. That now, in truth, the act of sex is marriage. If the church is taught the truth, that then people that w would have a lot sounder guidance on the issue. But the churches don't teach the truth. Well, you have to learn that from someone else who has a little bit of life experience that that's the way to go. And then well, well, right. leave them over all the nonsense and all the, the uh, white noise coming from society. And that's a rare individual who can do that. I've only known a few. All people really have to do is read their Bible and, and believe it. Yeah, but they're not going to do that. They're not going to believe the Bible. I mean, because if you if you read the Bible, you would realize that uh, that a a virgin is a virgin for a male a virgin uh, a female is the only person you can marry. Period. Other than one that becomes a virgin by death. 
That's it. That that was plain to me thirty years ago. Well, well, you were blessed with that insight. Most people never have that insight. They never think about it. They take it for granted what their church and their their state teach them. I think it's because most people make a mistake and they don't want to admit because of pride is really what it comes down to. Well, well, that's a good part of it also. They want to. They don't want to admit that there's no way out of what they did. It's Genesis chapter 20. I was wondering if Clifton has the same view. I, I don't know what Clifton's view is, but, but I'll unmute him and, and you could coerce him. Clifton, do you basically have the same view as, 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 as Bill? Is that? Yeah, my, my views are pretty much uh, the same as Bill's. And uh, since I've been doing this, uh, the greatest love story ever told, I'm getting quite an education myself on it. Well, that's good to hear. So we've got at least three people on the forum that kind of are the same mindset. Well, well, let me explain this because I didn't have any scripture at the beginning of the program. I had a rant instead, right? Uh, let me explain this from Genesis chapter 29. Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah was tender-eyed, but Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. I don't know exactly what they mean by tender-eyed, but it, it it's, appears to me that Leah was just homely. That, that, that's the, um, the, the word for eye is really eye, and, and the word for tender is delicate or weak. Yeah, you know, I'm going to get into this I thing, too, tonight, because it's it's just, we have a totally different idea of eyes that the Greeks had. It's it's really funny. All right, Leah was tender-eyed, but Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. And Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. And Laban said, it is better that I give her to thee than I should give her to another man. Abide with me. So Laban just agreed to give Jacob Rachel, right? And, and Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him but a few days for the love he had to her. And Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go in unto her. And Laban gathered all the men of the place and made a feast. And, and the feast isn't the marriage. The feast just um, celebrates the marriage. And it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to him. And he went in unto her. In the evening, it's dark, right, in a land with no lights. And, and it's very easy to go into your house, get the wrong woman, and bring the wrong woman into a dark room to this man waiting in this room. It, it's, it's quite easy. And I'm sure LeBon probably told Leia to keep her trap shut uh, until it was over, right? Okay. <laughs> And Laban gathered to, all right, he made a feast, and it came to pass an evening that he took Leah, his daughter, he was supposed to bring Rachel, and he brought her into him, and he went in unto her. So Jacob copulated with Leah. He, he performed a sexual act with Leah as soon as Laban brought her in there, and, and um, 
the, the next thing we read is in verse 24, and Laban gave unto his daughter Leah Zilpah, his maid for a handmaid. That's a parenthetical statement. And it came to pass that in the morning, behold, it was Leah. And Jacob said to Laban, What is this that you have done to me? Did I not serve you for Rachel? Therefore then hast thou, why, why have you beguiled me? And Laban said, It must not be so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Laban made an excuse. He didn't want an old maid on his hands, right? Fulfill her week, meaning the seven years, and we will give thee also this meaning Rachel, for the service which thou shalt serve with me yet seven other years. Now, now Jacob had sex with Leah. And he didn't, and, and as a just man, he couldn't reject her. He knew it. He had sex with her. He was married to her. That's marriage. If Laban had brought Leah to, to um, Jacob, and he didn't have sex with her, he could have told Laban, no, I'm not going to take her. But he, Jacob never said anything like that. And, and we know the hand of God is behind all this, but Jacob, being an upright man, knew that once he had sex with this woman, that there was no, that, that he had to make a commitment to her, that that, that was his wife. So, so Genesis 29 proves that sex it's that sex act that made that marriage. It wasn't the agreement. The agreement was for Rachel. But Laban deceived Jacob, and Jacob understood that once he had sex with Leah, that was his wife. And he agreed to work seven more years for Rachel. I have no problem with, I have no problem with that, Bill. I understood that a long time ago. Well, well, very, very few people understand that, and I get, uh, I get crap over that from identity pastors that want yeah, to test that because most of their congregation is adulterous. Right. The the issue that I was having a problem with is I didn't know what. You, I mean, I'm not in in the, in the position. I'm sure that ninety percent of countries in right now is, uh, um, um, you know, with someone here or something or other, but. Uh, what do you, that, that my, my curiosity was getting me as to, well, what is the correct thing to do if you're with someone? Well, what if you don't have kids, Bill? What if you're with someone and you don't have kids? Do you split that up? No, I wouldn't split it up. Well, once, the, once you cohabit with, with this woman, you have to accept that you've committed adultery. But, but um, I would not split it up. I wouldn't split it up because... The woman's going to go off and, and commit adultery with somebody else. And, and what you're doing is you're compounding the error. Uh, I, that's the way I look at it. Yeah. And there's no point in compounding the sin. It's done. You can't undo it. Getting rid of the woman doesn't undo it. Well, it just seems to me that you're committing a... You're, 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 not, you're not solving the problem. You're still committing adultery. No, no but there, the, the problem can't be solved. The problem can be solved. If you, if you don't have any children, the problem can be solved. You simply split. It's solved. She's going to be an adulteress. You don't have to. You, you think it's solved, but you can't take a. Uh, you, you can't take back the fact that um that you've yeah, you've committed this adultery with this woman. 
I can't take that back, but I can stop it. Well, well, and and what's the point to that? Well, what's the point to stopping anything? Well, what's the what, what's the sin so is, is committed is committed. Just continue to watch TV because I've done it before. That's no, that, that's 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 not. I, I wouldn't put that in the same category. I, I wouldn't put that in the same category. I would. Okay, I, I wouldn't put that in the same category. You're over. Another law. A man humbles a woman. He has to her for life. Right. The result. That, that's a good point, Clifton. There's no getting out of it. What was that now, Clifton? If, if a man humbles a woman, the same race, you know. Well, we're talking about a man and a woman. Yeah, right. Uh, but, but according to Scripture, uh, he has to keep her for life. Well, that's if she's a virgin. If she, if if she, if it's just a whore, it's a different story, right? I mean, I don't think it says. I don't think it qualifies that it's it's a virgin. Well, what if I go to a bar and pick up a woman and sleep with her for a month? Does that mean I'm married to her? I know what scripture couldn't stop. No, 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 I'm lo- I'm looking. I- I'm looking and I can't find it. Maybe it's maybe it's humblest. Nope. I'm just wondering what the point is that you of quote officially become connected with a woman and all the things will be with the birth of a child. No, I don't think it's with this uh, the act of sex. Well then, then anybody, then any whore you had sex with, you're committed to, regardless of how many other men she's had sex with. Did, well, well, she was a virgin, but didn't Judah get stuck with the Canaanite? If she's a virgin, I understand that. If she's not a virgin, she's someone you pick up at a bar and have sex with for a month. I don't see why I would be obligated to her. How about Judah and Tamar? Right, and, and that actually broke a law, but Judah didn't have sex with her again. Well, that would support my position. Then the man that lay with her, Deuteronomy twenty-two twenty-nine. Let me read this. Well, let me see if it qualifies this. Then they shall bring out the damsel at the door of her father's house. If a man be found lying with a woman married to a husband, they shall both well right, they shall both die, but we have no right to no right to to execute that anymore. We would like to, it's the right thing to do. If a damsel that is a virgin be betrothed unto a husband, and a man find her in the city and lie with her, then she shall then you shall bring them both out and you get a city and stone them with stones. For humbling his neighbor's wife. 
If a man find a betrothed damsel in the field and the man force her and lie with her, then the man only that lie with her shall die. But unto the damsel thou shalt do nothing, while it wasn't her fault. For he frowned and failed be trusted down. Well, well, right. If a man find a damsel who is a virgin, which is not betrothed, and lay hold on her and lie with her, and they be found, then the man that lay with her shall give unto that damsel's father fifty shekels, and she shall be his wife. He may not put her away all his days. That's qualified as a woman who is a virgin. And, and the law just doesn't make it a, a um, I don't see anything in the law for the situation that you're giving, Robert, but but that's a judgment call. That's the way it is. And, and it could be right or it could be wrong, but there's nothing that can be done about it. So I tend to agree with you on the, the fact that if you have children with someone, it, it's kind of ludicrous to leave at that point. But I don't necessarily agree with you on the other case. If I'm with some woman for a certain amount of time and she's had sex with multiple partners, well, well, what's the point? What, 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 at what, at what point? Of, of course, it's adultery. There's no doubt that it's adultery. There's no doubt at all that it's adultery. But what if you find out after you've been with a woman five years that you're sinning? What if you find out after you've been with a woman twelve years that you're sinning? And you leave her. I don't see any difference if there's no children involved. Well, well right, but I'm I think almost, that, that... I'm almost negligible on the children part, but I don't see any difference if there's no children involved. <laughs> I think that, that that's... Um, Maybe that's hardcore. <laughs> I think it's it's extreme to, to be... Um, to error. I really do. And and that's because you have a woman that's become dependent. And, and there are laws that if you put a woman away, that you have to support her. I'm not, I'm not putting a woman away. I'm not supporting her. I've been living with her. How am I supporting her? If, if a woman lives in, with you in your home, you don't expect to support her? No. Not if she's just some kind of sex partner. Okay. My point is not necessarily <laughs> as some sort of ceremony. I can say it. If you're just living with someone for a number of years, and they're doing their thing, and you're doing their thing, and you're just cohabitating. Now, I, I never had a I mean, I've had three wives, don't get me wrong, and, and um, one of them wasn't my wife, right? <laughs> yeah, well, you're going with the intention of being married. What if you don't go with the intention of being married? Now, right, but that's just gratuitous sex. Yeah. Uh, you find out whether the woman was a, a virgin or not first, and you go to the parents for proof, and, and they keep the sheet that they laid on the first night proof uh, that she was a virgin. Well, I have no trouble with that question. I mean, if I, if, if, if I were married, if I got... I understand that principle. <laughs> I just... I could, I'm kind of nebulous on this other stuff, and I'm not really seeing a way to resolve it. I mean, our society is so far from where it's supposed to be today that it's—I think it's these 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 situations.
I mean, it, if it's not written about in the Bible, it wasn't intended to go into those areas. Well, well of course, we should be having gratuitous sex, period, right? If you have a relationship with a woman and the only relationship is sex, well, well then it doesn't matter whether you get rid of her or not. Well, I mean, the purpose to me of getting married is to have children. So I'd find it ludicrous to get married for any other reason. In a real world, that's exactly right. In a just world, that's exactly right. Sex is to have children. There's no doubt. There's really no other reason for it. Sister Yahweh makes a good point. You present the sheet to the girl's parents in today's world, and they think you're a nut job. The, the mother will probably take it and throw it in the laundry and pull bleach in. <laughs> well, pretty much yeah. all my ideas are considered nut job cases today, so... But I'm sure that goes along with most of the CI principles. Well, well, there is nothing... There's no doubt that this is, it, it's a relationship that, that was sinful, but there's nothing in Scripture that governs the, the, um, what to do when, when people come to the awakening that, that they're living in sin. And, and I really do think that you're only compounding you're putting one wrong on top of another. If you take a woman that you've been with for, for 10 years or 12 years or 20 years or three years, and, and you put her away at that point because she wasn't a virgin. Now you're making yourself a hypocrite because you accepted her for so long, and now all of a sudden you're not accepting her because now you've realized that your, your relationship began in sin. I don't so think that would be... How does that apply to, like, say, mixed-race people that you've been friends with your whole life and then you throw them away because they're a mixed-race person now? Well, well mixed-race people are non-entities. A lot of people, it's, it's hard to throw those... Even in they come into identity, it's very hard to put those relationships away. But, but mixed-race people, I, I think, are non-entities. It, it well, doesn't matter. That may be the case, but it's still it, it's still a situation. Right. like somewhat of a similar situation to me. I mean, well, well, it is. You could you could gently distance yourself from a mixed race person that you once had a closer relationship with, knowing now that it's wrong. It's easier to do that than to just take a woman that you you think you've loved for ten years and just throw her out the door. Okay, you got to go. Uh, I just found out that 10 years ago, sweetheart, we really screwed up, and now you've got to go. To me, it's a very, it's, a lot of these things seem cut and dry, and then, then, then you get into this, these nebulous areas, and. Well, well, right, and, and that's why I, I would, you know, I tell people in identity, you make that decision not to talk to that friend anymore, but don't bring him here, yeah, you know, don't, don't expect me to accept your friend because he's been your friend for a long time. You're going to have to make that decision to, to um, 
to, to dissolve this relationship with this person or that person. And, and that's a hard decision, and, and there's no doubt. And, and there's no reason to mistreat people simply because that they're not one of us. And, and we, that they're stuck with us in this society, and we have to live with them. And, and it's a punishment for us. We're being punished by the presence of these people because we accepted the sins of these Jews. That there's no doubt. So, so you you can civilly, you know, you can distance yourself from that person in a civil manner without um, making a big show of it, right? And and that would probably be the best way to handle that. But I wouldn't just take a woman that that I've lived with for ten or twelve years that's otherwise a faithful woman and say, okay, honey, you gotta go. I couldn't do it. I, I think that I'm just uh, I'm adding one sin to another. Well, I know. I'm just saying that from, from this position, I, it's not a position I would be in because I've known this for so long that there were only two types of women that I could possibly marry. They either had to be a virgin or their, or their husband had, had to die. Well, well, right, but you're a rare specimen in, in this yeah. instance. That it's not a position I would, I would hope that I'd ever find myself in. Right. Well, I don't see myself with another woman, but I'm not going to be brazen enough to say, oh, I'll never do that, but because I know how easy it is to be tempted and, and, and sin. And, and it's usually our arrogance that gets us tempted into in sin. <laughs> it's our own um, arrogance and stupidity, that, and, and Paul warns us of that. And, and the Scripture warns us of that, that the arrogant are, are, are going to be... Um, taken down. And Paul warns us, he tells us in Galatians 6.1, if you see a brother in sin, to correct him humbly, lest you yourself also be tested. Yeah, well, you see it where it's left me. Well, well, well right, but, but I, I mean... That, that's... It, it's... Yeah, you know, it, it's God knew when you were born that you probably that you weren't going to have any children, right? Uh, evidently, uh, I'm certain that that's your role in life. I, I don't know why. It's, it's I'm sure there's a reason for it. Think about how many men have good women, and, and or or at least well, maybe good women the second or third time around, and, and they don't want children, and they don't have them, and and how they're they're, they're much greater sinners. Well, there's actually quite a few women that don't want to have children. It's it's actually amazing, right? And, and that's self-centered. Well, that, that is selfish. You go. But there's no use. I don't want to have a kid. Well, then that's immediately ended. Well, well, right. It's a 140 pound sex toy. I don't need a 140 pound sex toy. What if she marry a gorgeous woman and she packs on 200-plus pounds? Well, well, then you just put a leash on her and set her out in the field. <laughs> you, you, you set her to graze. That's what you do with her. She can be out there with Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> it, it's, well, we live in a very simple age, and, and it's hard to tell people that they have to. I, I wouldn't want to be in a position to tell a man, oh, oh you're in a simple relationship, so after 10 years you have to leave her. I, I think that would be that that would be even more horrible. 
to, to compound one sin on top of another. I really do. That's, that's my opinion, and, and, and um, there's no scripture to base it on. Because there's no scripture that explains that, that there's no scripture to govern the level of decadence that we fall into. Well, that's, that's, that's the whole point of this. I mean, it's so, we're so far beyond where we're supposed to be that you can't even, you, you, you it wasn't even conceived of, of being in a spot where you had the, the entire, your entire culture was adulterous. I wonder if that was a can of worms I brought up tonight, Bill. Well, well, no, it's a good topic. It's a good conversation. But you're all where there's no scripture that governs something precisely. Yet you're always going to have um, differences of opinion. But but I, I try to look look at it in in the most pragmatic way possible to to do the least amount of damage to your brother or your sister. Yeah, Solomon was pretty active, a thousand plus, right? Well, well, right, and he was a a, a great sinner. It's nice to be king, right? Well, well, I wouldn't want to have to have a thousand mother-in-laws. That's for sure. Damn. <laughs> You would not yeah. want to have a thousand mother-in-laws. <laughs> well, well, this is a good conversation, but I don't think we're going to get any any other input here tonight. No, I'm surprised no one else is coming up here and beating me up. <laughs> Well, well it, it, the way I look at it is if you have a woman and, and she, in, in, in uh, I know today most women have better jobs than her husbands, right, and, and probably make more money. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's the whole world's upside down. There's no doubt. But, but if you have a woman and you're in a relationship with this woman five, six, eight, ten, twelve years, she's dependent on you financially. And, and to put her out in the street because you realize that your relationship began in sin, it is just as big a sin. Oh, I didn't say put her out in the street. I said I'd stop having sex with her. Well, you know something, Bob, after, at, uh, and I know this from experience, after about six or eight years, that's, that comes naturally anyway. Well, that's what I mean anyhow, so it's going to be... <laughs> <laughs> well, well, no, I, I mean, if, to stop having sex with her would probably be the noble thing to do, but then you're only going to find her in the basement with Pedro, in, in many cases anyway. And that that makes it even worse. You're basically putting it. He who I so I think on this topic, you and I, I'm going to be the hardcore person on this one compared to you. <laughs> well, well, he who puts his away his wife forces her to commit adultery. Not my wife. I didn't marry. Well, she wasn't married. I understand that, but but you're, you're still you're still. Putting her into a position where she has to, where she will probably commit adultery with another guy, yeah. but with a, an additional adulterer. <laughs> I don't think there's any difference between adultery and adultery. 
Uh, you and I are not going to agree on this one. There's just no well, well, right, but the the initial adultery is already done. So so why pass her around? Uh, I don't you commit sex with her, you're committing adultery. That's my position, period. I don't see any other way around it. From Scripture, I think I'm justified, and you're not in this case. <laughs> There's no Scripture on the issue. Well, I think there is. It, it's a dilemma. Adultery, you're, you are having sex with a person who's not officially your wife, period. I mean, I, I can kind of agree with you on the on the childbearing thing, but I, I I can't agree with you on the on the other one. I don't see any way around it. Well, well, it doesn't. And in, 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 in this instance that you're bringing up, whether children exist or not is immaterial. Okay, then with the children, you have to separate too. It's immaterial whether children exist or not. What about Ishmael? That whole, that whole side was put away, kicked out of the house, and that was a wife. Right, and, and that was to make an example and, and to make it perfectly clear that the heirs of the covenant would have the genes, the genetic material that Yahweh insisted they have. And I'm just I'm just not thinking that what you're what you're thinking is so horrific of a sin, but whatever. Well, well, you, you know, I to put I got to think about it some more, Bill. I just think on this on this particular issue, I'm probably more hardcore than you because you probably you've had three wives and a bunch of children, and I haven't. Yeah, but I'm I'm not letting that affect my my um, interpretation of scripture. Uh, I mean, I know I'm a sinner. I, I don't have any qualms about uh, about um, properly quantifying my, my past relationships, right? Yeah. I, I'm not going to try to justify my, my um, past screw-ups, right? Uh, I mean, I think that's even more sinful. And, and a lot of people will say, "Oh, well, polygamy's not 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 record. Po polygamy's not outlawed by the New Testament. You could have six wives. Well, well, I, I don't think it's right. The godly model is clearly have just one wife. Prime, I I, I don't um, I, I have no idea, and I don't care. Because, like Bob said, a marriage is, is the act of sex between a man and a woman. If she's a virgin and you have sex with her, you're married. And if she's not a virgin and you have sex with her, it's the, the state shouldn't be regulating what a marriage is. And, and if the church would regulate properly what a marriage is, well, we'd have a lot less sin in this world. If you had sex with a woman and they weren't really interested in you, she would, well, she's a whore, basically. She's a whore. She made herself a whore. And having sex with guys that, that she didn't plan on having a relationship with or a marriage with, that, that's, that's being a whore. It is kind of an interesting question, though, because technically you're bound to this woman and she's just running around. It's like Hosea, right? 
Well, well, first, if you have sex with a woman that's not a virgin, you you just had sex with somebody else's wife. That that's that, that's what the scripture says. You shouldn't have sex with a woman. The, the the correct thing to do would be not to have sex with a woman that wasn't a virgin. And if a woman lies to you, then then you're not you're, you're absolved of guilt. The scripture absolves you of guilt, but but you don't have to keep her. That that's the uncleanness that that it talks about. That the scripture talks about. If a man finds some uncleanness in a woman, he can bring her back to her father and say, "Hey, what are you lying to me for?" In the ideal world, I mean, this is not the ideal world anymore, right? It's not safe to have sex with anybody and and, and keep the law. It, it probably can't be done. Yeah, right. Well, if she left you, you're not bound to her. But, but whether the sin is before CI or after CI, it's still sin, right? I mean, I, I was an idiot when I was young. I, I had a living girlfriend for two and a half years, and then I had a wife for five years I had three kids with, and then I had another wife for ten years I had three kids with. And It started off she was somebody else's wife, but then he died. But I think she had a couple of husbands before him, too. So that was definitely a sinful relationship. Yeah, it's a total mess today. It's, it, there's, no, there's no question about that. I, it, it's, it's just bizarre to figure, to really come to a revelation. I mean, the only thing I'm glad that w what's going on with the CI here is that at least at this point, stuff I understood 30 years ago, there's at least a couple of people who can say, okay, you were right. Sometimes I think I was not. Runner says, why worry about one law? There are 710 laws. <laughs> There's more than that. But they just created yesterday with the with the court. Oh, he's talking about the biblical laws. Yeah, I know. I'm just he he who is break, breaks the law in he he who breaks the law in one point is guilty of the whole thing, according to James, right? Yeah, John's calling me a nut. You see that? Right. John, I miss this conversation. This is a conversation for him, too, because he's in the same shape, right? 40-something 40, 40 and, and, and can't find a, a wife. Well, I'm not looking anymore because I figured out that it's just totally useless. Yeah, right. The, the, I think that, um, I, I don't get mad at me for saying it, but the last opportunity you missed was Courtney. <laughs> oh, terrible, Bill. I know it's terrible, but that's the reality of the situation. I more or less Dang. her to get married to a decent guy. I told her everything to do. Yeah, right. You definitely did the right did thing. It. That was amazing. That's what yeah, you amazing about it. She did it. Yeah, you definitely did the right thing. I understand that he's doing at the time. Well, well, let me tell you, it's not as bad as you think because this is what the Greeks did, right? A Greek man, probably um, early thirties, 
late twenties, early thirties, depending on his station in life and and his um the the amount of wealth that he was able to that his family was able to maintain. This is ancient Greece, right? Would go to the home of a virgin that he was interested in, and and if the father agreed, he would take this virgin to wife. She would be about ten or twelve, but he wouldn't have sex with her. Okay, this is when it was done right in ancient Greece. He would take this girl and he would put her with his women folk, his mother, his sisters. And the mother and the sisters would teach this girl how they run a household so that this man would have a wife that was trained up to, to, um, to run a household the way he was accustomed to having it run. When she was 16, he consummated the marriage. Interestingly enough, my cousin now is kind of doing that with his boy, with another girl in the neighborhood up the street. But it's not that not that big of an age difference, which is kind of amusing. The one I told you about that finally figured out that diversity is not real good. Yes. Somehow he's starting to come onto the right track, which is amazing. That might actually be one true Israelite in my family that figures this out. Why his brother was uh, sleeping with a black woman. Wow. That's horrible. Well, there's got, that's what happens. You end up having this, the yin and the yang in the family, right? Right. Yeah, you know, I, I met a Greek fellow that he was about, he was an officer in the Greek military, and he was probably 25 or 25, 26, and his, he, he was uh, betrothed to someone. She came over when she was 16. They got married, well, so to speak. Hmm. I, I remember So there's still some old traditions in some areas, and with some families, very rare. Well, well, right, they're very rare. Anybody that's raised in a in a city it, it is, um, I don't know. I can look back on my childhood in Jersey City. I don't know anybody that that did anything right. You know, after and all the energy they had, I don't know about. I'm I'm, I'm totally convinced I couldn't handle that. I don't know about John. He was here too. Here about what? Oh, being able to handle um, kids that are normally uh, very active, like Mike's kids. Well, if we misbehave, like you said, Bob, you know, our parents, you know, my parents, mom and dad, they would just uh, spank us or do something like that. Yeah, well, I just think they were they were very active. I, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know judging misbehaving. I don't know exactly how I was back then, but certainly couldn't have gotten away with running around like crazy in the house. I'd have just been. They just told me to get the hell outside. Yeah, well, you know, they were kind of young. You can't leave them alone too much. Yeah. 
Hello, y'all. Hey, I knew some fellow who was in the military in Iran, and he went to a uh, Muslim wedding. And, uh, the uh, man and the woman have before before they got married. Uh, they would uh, have the whole family, all the cousins, uncles, aunts, grandparents over. And they'd all stand around them while they did their first act on a white sheet. And if that girl didn't make that sheet all red, they'd throw her in a whorehouse. That's that's just what he had told me, that uh, custom they do. Well, that's uh, I'm, not, I'm not promoting Muhammad or anything. I'm just saying that's what I... Yeah, yeah. Well, over there, you know that they um, they have sex with little boys so that they they leave the little girls alone, and and sheep and goats and everything else they could get their hands on. They they didn't tell you about that part, did they? No. Man, we really stepped off the cliff now. Well, I'm afraid to comment on this subject, but uh, I could say something, but I'm not going to. <laughs> well, well, that's what goes on over there. They have sex with little boys and with sheep and goats so, so that they leave the little girls alone because they're off limits. I don't know if it's an economic thing or what. Or, or just because, just because little girls are, are um, maybe they're outlawed in the Koran and and sheep and goats aren't. I don't know. Now you know this for sure. I mean, have you witnessed these having sex with goats and boys, and or is this just hearsay? Well, well, I, 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 it, it's not really hearsay. I have eyewitness accounts from from people that were over there. Yeah, but you could say that here too that people are having sex with goats and boys. Look at Barney Frank. They are. Yes, they are. But but it's very quiet. It's very common over there. I think it's yeah, very common. I, I have heard of this too. They, well, well, I, I got it firsthand from my son. Right, it, he's one of the the, the witnesses, and, and he spent um twenty four months in the Iraqi desert. I mean, that, but it's. I'm saying here too, it's very common. You got you got that whole perversion ring going on in D.C. where they were that the Franklin cover-up, where they were bringing uh, the boys from Boys Town, shipping them in by aircraft into the D.C. area for sex parties. Right, absolutely. And and what's Barney Frank? He's he's not an Irishman, that's for sure. Yeah. He, he's not Italian. He's from Boston. He's not Italian, and he's not Irish. No, he's from. Uh, Protected species. <laughs> Him and Henry Kissinger, right? Uh, a couple of years ago, there was a guy that literally died. Well, well, he died. He got screwed to death by a horse. A couple of fags just dropped his body off at a hospital in Seattle. That this guy was in a barn, and, and he was a, a homosexual. He was a sexual pervert, a deviant. And there was there was a whole group of them, and this guy let himself um, 
Well, let a horse make love to his ass, and and um, it killed him. It, it perforated his um, rectum and, he, and and his colon, and he bled to death. I hope this isn't being recorded. Yes, it is. It, it's a true story. There was a Negro a couple of years ago who, on multiple occasions, well, was having sex with a woman's horse in South Carolina. I heard about that. And I have that on Christoginia Forum somewhere, the news report. He was finally arrested. It, it happens all the time. Especially amongst the Jews, the the, um, the sexual deviants and, 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 and that inhabit certain areas of this world, and, and the Muslims. That Bare Naked Islam page that... Um, Jared just put a link in that you should check that you should check that out Bob and, and that's a commentary by an American soldier they, the, our soldiers know what these people do they they get to learn what these people are like which, which might be what, one good way to awaken some of the people in this country I don't think you're going to wake anybody up real quick here they're having too, they're having too good of a time sleeping yeah, right. They're having too much fun. You're right, but but um, something's gonna wake them up. I don't know what it is, but the scripture says that they'll, they'll, they will awaken. Yeah, that's what I keep wondering about too. That just fascinates me day after day. I keep thinking about that Ezekiel thirty-eight, thirty-nine, and what could possibly happen that wakes this group up. It's I don't know what woke me up. Awake, awake, put on thy gar put on thy strength, O Zion, put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city, for henceforth there shall come no more into thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. That's Isaiah fifty two one. But there's a lot of language like that in, in Isaiah that seems to me that, that his people in, in the dispersion, because the last twenty five chapters of Isaiah are to the Israelites of the dispersion, and the context can prove that. That um that we we will have at some point an awakening as to what's going on, as to who we are, and and um, who knows when it's going to happen. But but uh, I I sincerely believe that our people have to know that the situation is helpless, and and before they learn that, they have to learn that there's a problem, and they don't even know there's a problem right now. Most people don't know there's a problem. They don't see that America is Egypt just waiting to happen. Well, I don't know how another generation can go by without complete uh, uh, America experience being dissolved. There's simply not enough whites having kids, and the country is completely overrun with immigrants who are having plenty of kids. Well, you're right. So uh, to, to me, it's, it's over. I mean, I might be dead, but it's it's going to be another generation. There isn't going to there's not going to be enough whites in this country to do anything. And, and how is that not? Ezekiel 38, right there. We're already surrounded by our enemies. Oh, absolutely.
Well, Bob, I have to say that, yeah, I agree with you. There's not enough white women available out there to, uh, you just even to choose from as far as I'm concerned now. I've been trying for years. I mean, if they are, I just don't know where they are. They don't make themselves available for some reason. Oh, they're too busy having fun, John. That's what I said. I mean, I've met, I've met plenty of guys who have some semblance of reality, but there's very, very, very few women because they're totally unprotected. Their their parents don't care um, what they do. Yeah, I have to agree. Uh, and it's not just in this country, of course, it's all around it. Every Aryan nation, they, um, they have, they got their head in the clouds. They're like, they're teenage girls. They can't be satisfied. Uh, or, or there's or something else. You know, when I was in Monterey for, for years, it was a very interesting church reality there. Um, I was in the singles group. And there were a bunch of women in the singles group, so you'd think that you could meet someone in there. But it was all women who had made about a thousand mistakes and then couldn't figure out why none of the men in the singles group wanted to go out with them. Pretty funny. Well, Bob, that sounds like the article I sent you some a while back uh, with uh, Angela Fiore. She wrote it like ten years ago. Yeah, exactly. It was very similar to that article. It was just a real-life experience for me. Yeah, these single groups, according to these Catholic priests, they have, uh, they're made up about uh, 15, you know, uh, divorced women, you know, or uh, with kids, and about five to seven never-been-married men, and, you know, they're just not interested. No, the compatibility is not there. What 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 are you what's what's a guy like me going to do with that? I mean, ex drug addicts, you know, kids they don't even know where they came from. It just didn't make. I mean, it was it was totally ludicrous. I missed the boat while going to school, basically. Well, the fact of the matter, be absent from the body and be present with Yahweh and Yahshua Christ is uh, it's unworthy to even compare any uh, ecstasy of sex or attachment to person. Because in society, you know, we're taught from childhood that attach, you know, to be attached to somebody is love. That's yeah, not necessarily about sex, Bruce. It's about um, Procreating. I mean, if you're if you're looking for compatibility, if you're looking to go God's way, and oh, your your choices are are um, stay single or go out with someone who's completely incompatible with you. And I would say, not only is physical and spiritual basis, uh, there's not a whole lot of choice. I mean, I suppose you can do like Adam did and take on Eve, but it was which probably that was a bad situation there since she slept with the devil. I guess you could look at it that way. It's never seemed worthwhile to me.
Hey, Bill, we have another date coming up now. I hope you're aware of it. You know, Ellen is supposed to nearly hit the earth on October 21st. Did, did, I don't know if you got that up on your uh, on your end times there, uh, false prophets. No, no. well, is anybody um, trumpeting that, that the Ellen in thing? Besides the Negroes, I don't want to put the Negroes up. I don't care what they say. No, it's uh, Howard Camping. That was his, that was the end of the world date. The judgment day was supposed to be uh, on the 21st of uh, May. Oh, okay. So, so maybe the hurricanes were judged. The tornadoes were the judgment, right? <laughs> oh, the Judgment Day, May twenty first, twenty eleven, and, and it's kind of ambiguous what what that should. Um, I mean, the Judgment Day is when Christ opens the books, right? In, in the Scripture, anyway. Not according to Canton. It's when earthquakes circle the globe, but it didn't happen. No. Well, did anyone listen to one of these nuts uh, that actually broadcasting things? And um, uh, what happened to them? Are they making excuses now? Uh, I didn't take the time to listen. Uh, I really didn't. The, the only nut I want to listen to is um, Eli on December twenty second, twenty twelve. Well, you know, the other one, too, Bill, is I didn't see when you, you had your list posted there, um, and I don't know whether these books have been pulled or the evidence is gone, but Hale Lindsey, basically every decade, he was claiming the world's going to end. I think I got a list. He's, well, well, the list isn't mine, right? I, I state that I borrowed the list from somebody else, but, but I did read it over, and, and I did see Hal Lindsey there. Okay. Because Lindsay, I remember reading the books. I think it was first it was 70 and then 80 and then 90 and then 2000. Now, I don't know whether he had a 2010, but he was hitting all the decades. Right. The top of the page that I have that on says this page was borrowed from, and it has a website there. I'm trying to hope that Lindsay does get raptured, though. Right. These people are all freaks. Now, there's dates here that are set out all the way out to um, September 24th. No, I'm sorry, September 14th, 2047. The Church of Blair or something. Some freak. I don't think Why? You'll only, you'll, you'll only be 87. I mean, I, I hope to live that long. With all this good GMO and all the other stuff the Jews are throwing at us, you think we're going to live? You know, the way I feel right now, I could live till I'm 100, right? I mean, I feel good. Now, I'm a few pounds overweight, but I'm not fat. I think Clinton's going to still be around. I don't know about me. Yeah, I hope Clinton's still around, too. Where'd he go? He left already. <laughs> Oh, on here it's December twenty second, twenty twelve. Well, isn't that the that's the date you're actually going to have your 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 show? Oh yeah, definitely. We got to have a, a big bash on December twenty second, twenty twelve, to celebrate that we're still here. We that Eli was wrong. Bash on October twenty second of this year because that's supposed to be when Ellen gets as close to the Earth as it's going to get. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't think I, I don't see that Elenin is really going to cause any problems. Uh, Elenin's going to be awfully close to the Earth on an astronomical scale, right? But that's still pretty far. It, it's still pretty far away. What is it, 35,000 kilometers? Something like that, 25,000 miles or something like that. Well, well 25,000 miles is... Um, oh, 30, it's a million, it's million, excuse me, 35 million kilometers. Yeah, yeah, 35 million kilometers is an, is, is an astronomical distance. <laughs> it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good hike. Yes, and nothing I'd want to tackle all at once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Prime, there's, a, there's an astronomical calculation that, that the, the comet Elenin is going to come very close to the Earth, very close on astronomical terms to the Earth on, on, in October. But like Bob just said, it's 35 million kilometers. That, that's, um, that, that's quite a few miles, right? It's closer than any planet, but not nearly as close as the moon. And the question is, is it as large as the moon? Probably unlikely. Right. Yeah, 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 Fist, yeah. I understand that. It, it's the, the um, radiation from the sun that we should really be worried about. <laughs> Sunspots destroying those satellites and ruining all those precious cell phones. Oh, the comet getting close to the sun? Why? What does that do? Uh, I mean, I, don't, I can't imagine the comet affecting the sun. Yeah, well, like I said, maybe it'll take out all those satellites. Is this supposed to be visible, do you know, Bob? Uh, I don't know. They said it was, if it's going to be visible, we ought to be able to see it in September. I, I didn't know what that meant. Remember when that comet hell Bob went by? Y'all remember that? Yes, and people try to take a ride on that. Yeah, Harold Camping's kind of people. Yeah, that was another set of circus freaks. Didn't they commit suicide? Yeah, they bought the tickets, busted Nike shoes and everything. I wonder how much money you can make by promoting the end of the world. It seems like camping spent an awful lot of money on signs. An incredible, uh, an incredible amount of money on signs. Those billboards aren't cheap. Uh, I mean, even if, even if you get a bulk discount, they're still not cheap. The Jews would rather that billboard sit there empty than to get their price for it, and to not get their price for it. You know, that's the same thing I noticed with buildings. It's fascinating me. They own all these buildings, and they'll be damned if they'll rent them out at a lower price than what they're asking. They absolutely will not do it. Right. They don't care that they're getting nothing. Yeah, right. It's a write-off. It, it's got to be a, a tax thing. Well, where they lose more money if, if, if they... Um Rent it out cheap than if, than if they let it sit empty. Now, I'm sure the accountants have it all figured out.
I wonder how many foreclosed homes they own now. And they're just going to rent them back to people. That they might just sell them to the Chinese. Uh, I mean, it, it's incredible. I don't, I don't know how many. There's been hundreds of thousands of foreclosures, I, I, from what I hear. Uh, I don't know how, how they could um, sell them all. Oh, they're going to buy them. They could destroy more white neighborhoods, too, by just giving them the blacks, the Puerto Ricans. Right. White people have to pay for their house. Well, well, there's a house. I, I noticed this house up the road from me up here. It's all, um, yeah, you know, there aren't a whole lot of jobs up here. And there's this house up the road from me that, that's a little run down, but it's a real beautiful piece of property. I wish my house were on that piece of property because it's on a big hill, grassy hill that overlooks the creek, and it's real nice. And this is an old run-down clapboard house, but it's a nice it, it, it's it's a beautiful structure if it were fixed up, right? But um, that these I don't know if they're Arab or Egyptian, but a lot of them seem to live in there, and I've never seen a vehicle there. Well, which is strange, right? I don't know if they if they have a vehicle. It, it's I, I don't know how they got there. It's crazy. Where they work, or if they work, or right, Al Qaeda safe house, right? <laughs> and, and today was the first I, I'd seen him a couple of times. This one Arab, I, I saw a couple of times in the afternoon, and I, I got a good look at him today, and he's definitely an Arab, and he was actually out mowing his lawn. But they got a swimming pool there that has it, it's all beat up and it looks ten years old and they never cover it. it it's they probably treat it like a duck pond or something, right? They, they can't be swimming it. And everything is run down, but they occupy this house and there's a lot of them. But but um, I've I've never seen a vehicle in the driveway. It's weird. That's what they. That's what my California experience has been like too. Somehow these. A bunch of Mexicans end up taking over a million-dollar house. and Right. I don't know how they pay the taxes because the property, that, that's a much nicer piece of property than the one that we have here. And the house is older and a little run down, but the taxes have to be at least as high as mine. Well, maybe they have 30 people living in there, divided by 30. Must be. Then 500 a month isn't too bad, right? Yeah. There was a house below one of the ones I was in 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 California, and it was it was unbelievable. It was a continuous Mexican party to the point where I kept calling the police on the bastards. Drive you nuts. They have that damn Mexican music going continuously, 24-7. Oh, man, that would drive me crazy. It would drive me crazy for five minutes, never mind 24-7. Yeah. Macarena music or whatever. Police wow. So much they finally left. I'll bet they were always playing dominoes on a card table. I don't know what they were doing, but they were... I don't know who worked in the house. It just seemed like it was one big party. <laughs> Probably drug money. Wow. So what are they doing, Fist? Are they leaving you alone? I mean, they don't want your house, or...
tell them you're an illegal alien. Shorting the silver market. And, and the silver didn't go up, maybe. It was up plenty. It's way overvalued. I don't know. I haven't. I don't keep track of any financial data anymore. I gave up on it long ago. It, it don't matter to me what the Jews do with their money now, and and how they screw everybody. Not that long ago, silver was selling for three dollars and fifty cents an ounce, and it went all the way to like fifty dollars recently. It's so overvalued. It's ridiculous. I think even a moron could short the silver market and know that they're going to win at this point. Unless it's peak. I disagree, Bob. Yeah? I disagree. I think it was way undervalued, and that's why it shot up so fast. I remember yeah, Warren Buffett. It was way overvalued. 350 was way undervalued. The year before I got out of prison, there was an announcement that Warren Buffett bought a massive amount of silver and put it all in a warehouse somewhere. Yeah, when it was $3.50 an ounce, he's not an idiot. Now, this was maybe two years before I got out of prison. It, was, it may have been a year before the election, if I remember right, or right around that time. Yeah, he's probably making a killing now off the ETFs. There's a silver ETF, SLV, and... and well, Chris is saying they shorted the market with paper silver. If they got to come up with a massive amount of silver, they're going to pay through the mills. How do you... I, I don't know. Shorting the market with paper silver is basically lying or something. I, I don't know. I've been doing that for years with gold. If you look yeah. at the contracts on gold, it's been shorted for as long as I can remember. It's still being massively shorted right now. Eventually, the pyramid's going to collapse, and the U.S. dollar and, and euro are going to be seen to be worthless. The emperor's going to be exposed. And the world currency will be the yen. What's that? Well, that's why gold and silver will retain the high price. In fact, they may even go up further. You can't trade gold and silver, though, now, except in paper, because if you go to a pawn shop and try to sell the silver back, they want your Social Security number, they want your fingerprints, and they want a driver's license. Wow. Go try to sell it, John. I sell, I sold my gold and silver uh, recently. And they didn't request all that information? Because it's law now. No, uh, I, I just—they have my information as far as personal. Hey, Bob, I, I, I took some real crappy aluminum down to the recyclers just to get rid of it, uh, like thirty cents a pound or something. <laughs> but they fingerprinted me and my social security number, my ID card, and everything. Exactly. Yeah, that, yeah. That's because most people that are selling aluminum to a recycler just got it off their neighbor's house. Well, a lot of the niggers are taking up the street signs and cars that make up aluminum too. And, and there was a case here in, in a in a um in two towns away. It, it was a big case in the papers. These two white guys, these two idiots, like twenty nine and thirty years old, two brothers. They broke into an unoccupied farmhouse. 
But the farmhouse was still being managed by the farmer, right? He was still managing the farm, and he used the house to water his animals and stuff like that. He, well, well, the farmer comes into his house, and all the copper pipe is gone. Every bit of the copper pipe and, and the thick plumbing fixtures are gone. And these two idiots, that they, um, that they broke into the house, and they stole every piece of copper pipe in the house. They got them, huh? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, they got him because the cop, uh, a cop had pulled them over for a minor traffic violation and gave them a warning, and they had a pickup truck load of, of um, copper pipe and, and plumbing fixtures. And, and the cop didn't think anything about it, and, and then what, when it came, the report came up a few days later that this house was denuded of all the copper pipe, the cop saw that report, and they got busted. What was their but, name, Tweedledee well, and Tweedledum? I, I don't remember their names, but they were white guys, hill, hillbillies from around here. Now, now the um, there are hillbillies up here. The, the um, when I was in Ohio, in Youngstown, the Negroes, uh, all the vacant buildings and businesses they could get their hands on, they they'd steal all of the copper piping and they would steal all of the aluminum siding. And the radiators and everything else they get their hands on, and and the Negroes were every year they were being electrocuted, trying to steal um, copper wire from from rail lines. So every year, every year they were getting electrocuted. I, I heard reports on the radio about Negroes being electrocuted, fried trying to steal copper wire. Jared says fried monkey. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Yeah, Youngstown is horrible for that. It, it's there were reports all the time in the media. Well, well, that's why they're so hard on you for trying to sell aluminum and stuff like that at, at the um, the scrap metal yards. Well, this this nonsense just started. They're claiming it's a security issue now. Uh, money laundering or some other kind of nonsense because the gold for years you could buy and sell it without any kind of identification because I've done it. Well, if it weren't for Mexican drug money, half the banks in the in the in the southwest in this country would be out of business. Well, it's okay if you're an actual terrorist; you can get away with doing anything you want to. But if you're a right. white citizen, you've got to be fingerprinted, identified, handcuffed whatever they need to do. Go through an x-ray machine to sell your gold. Well, thankfully, I ain't got none of those problems. <laughs> well, Bob, you know, I, I sold mine through a dealer, but mine's properly minted, and so they understand that it's, uh, you know, it's recognized. So maybe there's a, there's a difference between what type of metal you're selling here. So, so you had Kruger, I understand. Yeah, or or the equivalent. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, if you're trying to sell maples or cougars or any of that stuff now, it's it's the same way though. So I'm surprised that unless he already has your your information on file. Um, yeah, it's on file. Well then, yeah, but it's going to now. It's all reported. It's all 10.99. It never used to be that way. Book of Yoke of Chapter 5, 
Verses 1 through 6 in Bill's translation. Come on, those who are wealthy now, weep, crying out upon your coming hardships. Your wealth is putrefied, and your garments have become moth-eaten. Gold and silver are corroded, and your corrosion shall be for a testimony to you, and it shall eat your flesh as fire. You have saved up for the last days. Behold, the wages of the laborers which fields been withheld by you cry out, and the cries of the harvesters have entered into the ears prince of armies. You have lived luxuriously and lewdly upon the earth. You have nursed your hearts in a day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered the righteous who did not oppose you. Yeah, well, I was talking about the Jewish capitalists, right? Yeah. They, they fit that description perfectly. That's what I believe. Yeah. Doesn't apply to us, really. I mean, we're just doing the wise thing. I think anybody that has a little bit of gold and silver and ammo and stuff like that's not is doing okay, but it's definitely the, I think that scripture is applying to these Jewish bankers who who have hoarded basically the entire wealth of the world into their own hands and now they're just yep. playing with us. Yes, they are. And and their wealth is not going to buy them any salvation from Yahweh. They're just going to get destroyed. And then their wealth right. will be worthless. Yes, I don't necessarily will. think that, that the wealth that is accumulated by the Israelites is going to be worthless. Actually, we really don't have any wealth left. We've handed it over to the Jew. Yeah. For the most part. Well, we have riches that money can't buy, the Jew, Jew script can't buy, right? Well, we're going to be doing some pillaging eventually. Because when this when this system collapses, it's gonna it's gonna reverse itself. These people that have stolen everything from us, uh, they'll be coming back. Coming back for what? Well, we'll revitalize our society again. Well, well, Bob, how do you like that name, Philadelphia? <laughs> yeah, I've kind of said that for years. It's a, it's, a, it's a nasty city. I mean, in a lot of areas, it's a damn shame. The the, the amount of the Jewish influence in there. We didn't really go into Society Hill. There's the whole section kind of went through it on the on one of the bus rides, but it was pretty quick. Yeah, that it's too quick. Entire area of Philadelphia is uh, Jewish, and it's huge. I believe it. It's well, well, you can tell with the Jewish museums there and the Jewish art building and, and all that that they've really um, taken over the city. The oldest running synagogue in the country? Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, I, I, it said the oldest continuously operating synagogue. I know that there's an older synagogue in Newark, New Jersey that was here from the days of the Dutch, right? And that synagogue recently celebrated its 350th anniversary. So they bought some free advertising uh, in a lie, right? Yeah, right. Well, I suppose it could be the oldest continuous running. Maybe the other one didn't run the whole time. I can't imagine there would ever be without Jews. <laughs> This is Congregation Sharif, Israel, New York, 1655. Kahal, Kadash, Bethlehem, Charleston, South Carolina, 1740s.
but that building's only from the 1840. All right, Toro Synagogue, founded 1658, Newport, Rhode Island. And the building they're occupying now is from 1759. So I think that the Philadelphia thing might be all propaganda. But, yeah, you know, as far as being the oldest synagogue. I don't think Jews would ever do something like that. Yeah, they do it all the time. If they move their lips, they're lying, right? Hey, do you think that... Uh, I was kind of wondering about this Pinocchio thing. I was wondering whether, uh, as a Jew lies more and more, whether their nose continues to get longer. So you can tell the ones that are lying the most are the longest noses. Right. <laughs> this one is saying that the oldest congregation is um, 1655. That one in 1655, that Sharif in, in um, New York City. Sixteen fifty eight, Newport, Rhode Island. Hmm. Oh, but that was close for a while. Savannah, Georgia, seventeen thirty three. Philadelphia, seventeen forties. That that one that we saw that Mikvah, Israel, that what a I want to okay, <clears throat> Currently home to a Sephardic community originally established by the Spanish and Portuguese Jews. The congregation continues to practice according to the Spanish and Portuguese Sephardic rite. The oldest formal Jewish congregation in Philadelphia, not in the country, like they advertise their lying counted among its members prominent revolutionary patriots such as Jonas Phillips and Haynes Solomon, revolutionary and the famous Gratz family, revolutionary patriots, huh? The gracious Rebecca Gratz, who founded and managed philanthropic and educational institutions devoted to the needs of women and children, Jewish and Gentile, and who is reputed to be the model for Rebecca of York, heroine of Ivanhoe by Sir Walter Scott. Somehow I think that's just bomb. Well, this is listed as the fourth oldest um, in the country. It's not the oldest, but one of these other ones was close for a while. But yeah, they're lying. They're, they're, they're stretching the truth. The one in New York is Spanish and Portuguese Jews arrived in New York in September of 1654. I guess they really weren't Dutch after all. They came with the Dutch, though. One question who the Amish are now. Yeah, right. That's crazy. There's a lot of birth defects. We have to look into that more. i got to look into that more, the birth defects amongst the Amish. Uh, aside from the microcephaly, it's, it's the, um, there's, got, there's a lot more than that. The microcephaly in Lancaster County is only one glaring example. And it's weird that all of those cases descend from one couple that lived 150 years ago. That's really strange. Well, how did that one couple end up with that genetic defect? 
Yeah, right. It's 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 weird. There's a lot of well, well, problems there too. It's possible that one of those one one member of that one couple wasn't really um wasn't really German, right? <laughs> Yeah, I guess if you ended up with 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 one Jew in the mix there, you'd end up with a, a problem at some point. I'm still not completely clear on this genetic stuff, though. What What do you mean? Well, it, it seems to me that a certain amount of in, in if you're going to have a certain amount of inbreeding is is not going to be healthy. We don't live in a perfect world. The DNA gets disrupted. So if you end up with the same disrupted spots, you're going to end up with the birth defect. Yeah, right. I, I don't know if, if there's really been a... I mean, Iceland is a relatively isolated population, right? A couple of thousand people settled it, and, and there's been no... Um, real immigration until recently for, for a thousand years. For a thousand years, there's virtually no immigration into Iceland. But as far as the, 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 um, the history that I have available has told me. So, so if, if the, pop, the entire population came from uh, a couple of thousand people with virtually no immigration, I, I mean, and that that would be a candidate for a lot of birth defects if if inbreeding were, were suspected to cause that. It depends on how the inbreeding is done. If your sister would be a problem. If it's not, there might be enough genetic variability there with a thousand people. I think the issue with the Amish is is it's very close relatives. Not to mention, there could be some Jews in the mix. Well, well, yeah, I think that they very well could be. Yeah, when I was driving through Ohio, I saw some kinky hair at Amish. Yeah, yeah, fish. You know, there's an awful lot of people in this country that say that they're part Indian. They really aren't. It, it's um, and and there's a lot of people that um, it it, it it's greatly disputed. But there's a, a lot of Indians that may have been white. I, I don't know about tribes or anything like that, but. There are definitely American Indians that very well may have come from Europe and the Mediterranean regions at an early time that weren't aliens, and, and um, that seems to be the case, but I haven't done enough research in that area. I really haven't. I would like to do more, but the, the documentary evidence is very thin. The... Um, the archaeological evidence is a lot greater, I think. If you read Barry Fell, um, America B.C., Bronze Age America, Saga America, those books, that, that's a good start.
I read America BC. I, I didn't get my hands on the other two. I've seen a lot of quotes from them. There, there is definitely a lot of archaeological evidence that's legitimate of people here from Europe and the Mediterranean, Phoenicians, possibly Egyptians, Celts, and and not and not only um, Vikings, and, and as far west as um, New Mexico at a very early time. And, and the records of the pioneers were in a lot of cases quite poor. So uh, I think the truth might be very difficult to sort out. But I've, I've known people that were um, full-blooded German and Irish that swore they were part Indian, and their grandfathers told them they were part Indian, or their grandmothers, and they found out later in life that it wasn't true. Richard Hoskins, I don't know him. You mean Richard Kelly Hoskins? You know, in the 1800s, Indians were romanticized by, by the pulp novel industry and, and by Jewish um, entertainment sources. And, and there were books, there were a couple of romantic books published about Indians in, in the late 1800s. And, and a lot of um, American youths found that it was romantic to imagine themselves to be part Indian, the whole noble savage thing. Now they're youths. So, so there's usually it's Cherokee, right? Well, well, there's a there's a lot of stories about Indian blood in families that really don't have it, is what I'm trying to say. Well, those Catholic uh, missionaries and those nuns—they're getting raped like crazy by those Indians out there. Well, well, yeah, right, but, you know, rapes also really don't create a whole lot of babies. According to the feminist movement, all sex was rape. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> rape and... and um exploitation. Well, Bob, it just shows how civilized we are. We don't go around raping women. No, we leave that up to the blacks. Well, that ex, uh, so-called, uh, thing I was married to uh, uh, her mother her mother was 13 years old and her, her father held a pistol to her head and raped her and squeezed out well, and then had 13 or 14 after that that's in some countries that's the way they do it 
which isn't, I don't think white countries do that. You're saying that literally, Bruce? Yeah. What, what's that, Bruce? I missed that. I'm sorry. Oh, the, uh, the, uh, yeah. What? I was married to for 16 years, uh, her mother, uh, 13 years old, and her father held a pistol to her head and raped her and pistol on her head and she ended up marrying him had got 14 little goop monsters. That's just one step above the caveman things the Jew shows us on TV. Yeah. And then you go to the cave and you drag the girl off by her hair. Well, she said her father was a Jew, half Spanish and half Jew. Oh, there you have it. Yeah, yeah, the Jew wants us to believe that we all existed in that state of, of incivility, right? That That's the picture they portray, that, that all whites came from that background, descended from the cavemen that just went in and grabbed their wives by the hair. You know, they have much more sophisticated ways of doing this now. Uh, Heine calls up his buddy over in Eastern Europe, and they pick up a nice white girl and bring it back to the States, and then he goes on tour in Philadelphia with her. Yeah, right. After promising her a, a good job and lots of money. And, and then she finds out she's a sex slave to some perverted old tyke. You got it. I'm jealous. I, could, I wasn't able to figure that one out. Well, well, it may not be too late to give um, Harry over there in, in Czechoslovakia another call, right? <laughs> that's just disgusting. And that's what they do. Mario, yeah, send me another one. This one ran away. Yeah, I wonder how long it's going to be before the one he's got runs away. Probably as soon as she can com communicate with somebody. It didn't seem like to me she, she even, she, she never even made eye contact with us, did she? No, uh, I was not very happy with her situation. That was pretty clear. Right, right. but I, I never remember, um, I, I never remember seeing her face straight on. Yeah, you know, she, she kind of looked sullen and down and, and like she was, um, her thoughts were distant and right. She didn't look very happy at all. Actually, that's pretty common in Eastern European, Eastern European girls. But I'm sure that it wasn't any better with Jaime there or whoever she was with. Yeah, you know, the only real girl born in Eastern Europe that I ever knew was a tall, blonde, blue-eyed hair cutter that cut my hair back when I was married to my first wife. And she was just beautiful. She, she married an American white, but I don't... Not know the the um the exact situation, but she was just beautiful. Her and her sister. She cut my hair for a couple of years. She was and she was always outgoing and happy. And she, she said she was Polish, but I suspect she was probably Prussian, right? Uh, she was like six foot tall and and blonde and blue eyed. 
my son dated a um a Polish immigrant girl for for a little bit for, whose uncle had come here and then she moved here later and and came with her uncle and aunt. I don't know how they get in the country anymore because they're they're white. Well, well, her uncle, my my son made the remark that her uncle would not let her bring anybody that wasn't white into the house. And I thought to myself, well, that that girl must be a good girl. You should probably stay with her. But he didn't. <laughs> So what's up with all these hurricanes? Any, anybody have any insight on all the hurricanes? There, there were, um, what, were there a lot of hurricanes over the Midwest, or, or was it just, I'm sorry, tornadoes, right? I'm an unretarded fist. <laughs> were, were there a lot of tornadoes over the Midwest last night, or was it just Missouri? I think it's just uh, dropping. I, I don't watch the news. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, as far as I know, just dropping. Their hospital was... Really ransacked in a Walmart. It was a whole neighborhood. Missouri and Minneapolis. And and this year there there are there seem to be an awful lot of hurricanes. I think it's hard. I, I'm sorry, tornadoes. I don't know why I keep saying hurricanes. I'm just ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I have some kind of mental block. That there have been an awful lot of tornadoes this year. I mean, Alabama, Georgia. Louisiana, not now Missouri. It's hard, Bill. It's hard, right? It's all hard. <laughs> well, well, Joplin's. Um, I don't want to wish bad on anybody, but if it went right through Granby and took that out last night, that would be a blessing in disguise, right? Granby's actually part of the Joplin metropolitan area. Maybe nobody here knows who lives in Granby. That, that's Winstead's hometown. I've driven through Joplin quite often, and uh, that's a nice little town. Well, one time I was driving through, I saw a It's a Life flag on the front porch. Some house I was thinking about going ripping it off and burning it up, but well, well, the whole hard thing is intriguing, but but um, yeah, you know there were floods up in that. That's why those levees were built up and down the Mississippi. Uh, I mean, there was bad flooding there many centuries before harp was ever conceived, before we ever harnessed electricity, right? Yeah, yeah, they're all trying to say it's climate change. They're all, uh, all these people on, on in the media, from, from what I gather from a little bit, I heard the news tonight. I actually heard the news for about 10 minutes tonight upstairs. And, and that they all want to say that we're being punished for the way we've treated the earth. And, and basically, it's pagan earth worship, right? That, that's what that boils down to. And, and none of them want to admit that we're being punished for the way that... Um, what we've obeyed our God. That, that's, that, that would be a much more rational way to look at it. 
we're being punished because of our race mixing, because of our idolatry, because of our acceptance of homosexuality. That would be the much more reasonable way to look at it. I think it's the Judas to use everybody into paganism that, that wants to promote that we're being punished for hurting the earth. That it's sounds funny. like Ben Clausenism. Yeah, right. Sorry, it's pagan earth worship is what it is. It's funny how it's hitting that area, though. I would be better if it hit place like Washington, D.C. or Los Angeles. Or well, well, right, but it's not the, it's not the, the aliens that are going to be punished for the sin. It's the white people that are going to be punished for the sin because they have embraced it. Yeah, you're right. And anybody that's around, any any whites that are in the city too, they're just going to get destroyed when whatever happens to all the mixed race people get destroyed. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Come out from her, my people, lest you suffer her punishments. And I'm not saying this is the start of the end of the world. I don't think it is at all. I think this might go another 40 years. But but that's um, if we didn't accept sin, it's we're the ones that are the focus of God's wrath. And until we wake up and repent, once we wake up and repent, I think that's what it's going to have to take for our nation to be cured. Well, it's not going to be cured, though. I mean, it's pretty specific what's going to happen. Well, well, uh, when I say nation, I mean our people, right? Our people as a group. I don't mean the government. Don't confuse the nation with the government. Well, well uh, you know, by extension, that's what I mean, too. The people, uh, I mean, we are going to be cured. That's the, the end result of all this. But how bad are things going to get first? I think there's only going to be eight people left. Well, well, that was the last remnant. It could very well be eight people, Bob. Uh, I mean, that's it could very well be eight people. That means it's going to take another thousand years. Not necessarily. At the rate things are going, maybe four more generations there will only be eight of us left. <laughs> yeah, this estimate is that whites are going to be down with small percentage of the population, say 10% by 20, 60, or 70. I'd say that we'd be down to 10% in about 20 years. I think when our generation dies off, and, and with the race mixing that's going on in the two generations after our, after ours, and, and the way the other races are... are um, Flood, not only flooding into our land, but also multiplying once they get here. It, it, we, we could be down to a couple hundred thousand white people in three generations very easily. Speaking about real white people, not, not Arabs that mark themselves as white on census reports and Jews. Uh, I don't know. We, we could be down pretty far real quick. Yeah, there's an awful lot of people that look white that can confuse whites into marrying people that look white. Well, well, look at how many, um, well, look at my idiot daughter that I disowned. Thought she was doing something. Her boyfriend had blonde hair and green eyes. Yeah, right. Okay. He's a damned Ashkenazi Jew. Daughter married an Ashkenazi? Yep. 
Well, well, he's one fourth Jewish, yeah, but that makes him a Jew, right? I'd say he's got the serpent seed in him. Yeah, and I, I, I look at him, and I know he does, and I wonder, and she doesn't want to hear it. So, shit, I don't. I no longer have a daughter, basically. Well, if they produce any kids, they're going to be useless. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I've been, I've been pretty much estranged from my daughter since she's 16 because of my attitude and, and hers having clashed, right? Having, haven't agreed. Talk to your kids when they're young about seeing with their own kind and all? Or you weren't really... Well, well, first of all, yes, I did have that conversation with every one of them, Bruce. That's what I'm trying to say with my daughter. It didn't work, right? The, the school programming and... and her, her lack of um, guidance from her mother won out. So first, all of Israel is going to be saved, but, uh, I mean, we're all going to be back here. I, I have no doubt. But um, it, it's, well, when it's going to happen is, is totally a different story. We can say soon. Yeah, right, Prime. I, I, I wouldn't want to be caught in a Home Depot or a Walmart anyway, even when there's not a tornado. <laughs> if you really got to go to one of those places, get out as soon as you can. <laughs> you know, I figure there's probably got to be more than eight people left if it's going to take us seven years to clean up. Yeah, right. There, there's going to be more than eight people left. I think there's going to be a lot of this left. There, there's going to be millions of this left. But it, it's just that it looks awfully dismal, right? It really does look dismal. And, and maybe it's not as bad as we think, but everywhere I look, it's pretty damn bad. Even up here. Yeah, I haven't uh, been anywhere in the country so far where I could say that there's a stronghold of whites that have a clue. Even though I'm in an area that's, I'm in a county that's by 90% white, they are a bunch of slothful, drunken, ignorant whites. There are some good farmers and, and a few good families, but outside of that, I mean, you go into town, and it's all white trash. And, and I, I, I look at the local paper every day at dinner time, and I just glance at the couple of pages in the front, but, but, um, that there's always reports of, of white people doing this really stupid stuff, like the two white guys I talked about that that, that robbed all the copper piping from a farmhouse, right? And that, that's crazy. Why, why do you want to destroy that farmer's farmhouse? That there's absolutely no reason for that, except that you want to fill your own belly with crack or something stupid. And they'd probably take that money and go buy themselves some cocaine or some pot or some crack or something dumb. There was a woman here last month that um that was arrested. She was in that they have one of those um I don't want to call it an adult. They got a porno shop here, right? 
it, it, there was a lot of resistance to it opening, actually, but they did. Somebody opened a porno shop in a strip mall up the road, up the highway, to just north of town. And there was a girl in there who was stealing pornography. She was stealing, I don't know if they were DVDs, VCR tapes, whatever the hell they were. And and she got caught stealing five or six of these um, porno movies. 30-year-old woman. White woman. What the hell is she stealing porno movies for? I, I can't imagine. What was she there for? She wasn't working there. She was a, she oh. she was posing as a customer. Oh, I see. I just understood you. Uh, I can't imagine being a thirty-year-old white woman and walking into steel porno flicks from a from a from a smut shop. What what? How, how low do you have to stoop? Uh, I mean, I don't. There's there's probably pornography all over the internet for free. <laughs> So what's she trying to do with porno movies? I, I, I don't get it. But that's the mentality today. People are taken up with all kinds of bullshit. I, I mean, there's so many Jewish-inspired um, idols and distractions, and, and 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 they lure all kinds of our people away and into sin. It's crazy. Yeah, we shouldn't allow these damn pornography stores to exist. What the hell are we doing? Well, well, we shouldn't allow them to exist, but but the um, what we're doing is we're caving into to the Jewish um, depravity and, and that that walks amongst us. That was the whole point of the Weimar Republic in Germany, right? That, that's the whole point of all the Jewish revolutions is to make the world safe for depravity. Freedom to them is depravity. Yeah, yeah. well, when you say freedom, you, you mean economic liberty and self-determination. When a Jew says freedom, he means freedom to be a pervert. That, that's what freedom is to a Jew. Freedom to be a pervert. For freedom for guys to marry guys and goats. Freedom to molest little boys. Freedom to separate young women from their fathers and their brothers. That, that's freedom to a Jew. Freedom to take out usurious loans. Well, I'm going to go do some freedom to sleep right now. Even if I have to get up early tomorrow. Yes, you do. Okay, I'm going to end this here. I'm going to end the recording. I, I, I really don't know why I recorded it so long as I did. We're only um, uh, rambling musings, but thank you for being here, everybody, and praise Yahweh.